right I come up here like too soon because I wanted him to say that a couple more times I guess it was already planned so you know there goes that one. Oh, you guys can be seated oh man what a fantastic worship time that is for certain what a great day I'm honored to stand here with you guys and um, any college football fans Okay, well, y'all are not helping me out. Any college football fans? All right, all right. Who, who, who enjoyed a, a, a loss yesterday? Did anybody have a loss on your favorite team? All right. Oh, I'm so sorry, dude. My, my team did too, WVU. They got beat. You know, I was, I was very upset about that. But then again, who enjoyed a victory? Oh, my gosh. You know, Brad came up to me, uh, me and Brad were talking Monday, our worship leader Brad, and he goes, is it me or does everybody just seem dead? And I was like, no, I think, it's, I think they're just all dead. <laughs> right, right? Now let me ask that again. Now if your team won yesterday, who got a victory? All right, all right, excellent. You know, it's always fun to celebrate in our victories, isn't it? Yeah. You guys enjoy celebrating victories? I love celebrating victories. Um, unfortunately, I've not seen too many victories here in the last couple of weeks when it comes to sports teams for myself. I'm thankful that the Major League Baseball season is now over for my Orioles, so we can put that away, all right, and hopefully move on to a better season next year. The Yankees, unfortunately, are still winning. So let's go Nats, all right? There you go, there you go. Uh, look, I've done lost half of you, three quarters of you. Some of you are like, Pastor, I don't even like sports. I'm checked out already. All right, I get it. Just bear with me. You'll get it in a minute, all right? But anyway, so here we are. And, and man, I love celebrating victories, right? I love celebrating when things are going fabulous, you know? And, and even when things are going bad, I like celebrating the victories. That way I can forget about everything that's going so bad. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, man, we have, in 2018 uh, and, and parts of 2017, just gathered some numbers for you guys just to, to, to help you understand some of the victories that we have been able to celebrate here within our church and, and some things that just don't even have numbers to them, you know. Uh, it's important that we keep vision. Understand that. And where there's no vision, what happens? The people will perish. All right? Where there's no vision, there's what? Death. Where there's no vision, there is no 
life. And, and, and for us as a church, we've had some tremendous victories within our church. Some great things that God has done right here within our own midst and then outside of these walls within our community. Uh, some things that, that, that we've been able to kick off of, and, and, and here's a great one here. Our first Wednesdays, all right, our first Wednesday celebrations. And for the past year, I want you to understand, we have served 822 people in the community dinner. That is a huge, huge win. So all of those involved in that win, thank you so much. This past Easter, and I've been here now uh, 12 years. Now, now, he didn't give me credit on that. He said, I've only been the pastor for three, but he forgot about all the years that I was the youth pastor, and I had to do all the dirty work. And now as the pastor, I still do all the dirty work. I hope that helps you out, all right? But, but in my understanding, we broke 300 this year for Easter. That was a huge win, all right? That is something to be excited about. That is what? Vision casting. That is people getting on board within our vision. We have a weekly podcast where I, 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 the, the, the guy who does our podcast for us, uh, called me up and was, or actually messaged me up and said, man, I just want you to know, I don't know what y'all are doing, but you're killing it. Your numbers are through the roof on people listening to your weekly podcast. That is the word of God going out. And, and you know, it, it amazes me. You know, I'm out in the community and so many people go, you know what, I, I, I hear you every Sunday. I may not see them here, you know what I mean? But they're going, I hear you every Sunday. And that is what? Our message going out through the radio. It's just so many different ways that we are able to connect with people. Last year, Operation Christmas Child, I believe, uh, we gave out 104 boxes to children. That is a huge win. Now, we're going to go even, we're going to double that this year, right? We're going to go even bigger. We're going to do bigger and better things. This is vision casting. These are things that God has done. Our Thanksgiving dinners that we served out last year were 90 dinners, 90 meals went out. 90 meals into our surrounding community. That is fabulous. That is a huge win. This one here touches me the most, though. At Christmas time, we were able to bring Christmas to 28 children this year. And not just one gift, you don't understand. We gave them their list. That is huge. How amazing is that? For us to reach out and touch. That, that represented, I think, a, to, a total of 12 different families that we were able to impact. And, and what are we doing here? Why are we doing these things? We're being what? The feet in the hands of Christ. We're fulfilling what is to be what? That great commission. We're going out. We're showing the love. We're showing the appreciation. We're showing encouragement. We're showing the Spirit of God to people who may not have felt the Spirit of God. You know? Uh, here, here within our church, we have more, you know, now, now granted, I'm, what I'm about to say does not mean we need less, all right? But we've increased in our Kids City volunteers more this year than we've ever done in years past. That is huge, and we still need more. Our puddle jumpers is huge going on over here. They've got a massive team all by themselves, and they're doing great things. Last year, we had over a hundred, listen to me, I love this one. This one here just thrills me to death. We had over a hundred visits to the Accomack County Jail represented by this church and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, Amen. making a difference in men and 
for the first time, women this year. That is a huge, huge, huge win. Uh, throughout the year in the winter months, I don't have numbers on this one uh, because they just didn't keep track of it. But we served so many hot meals throughout the, 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 the uh, winter months of soups and sandwiches and, and different things to the, to the families who, who, um, who are in need. You know, so we've done so many great things. Yeah, one of the ones that I, I really love, and, and some of you weren't totally bought on, in on it at first, but we moved our church time from 11 a.m. to 10 a.m., all right? I love that, all right? So we've had a lot of great things happen in, within this church. But what I want to do this morning is also I want to look at, and I want you to know, what God has vision for us moving forward, but also, uh, more importantly, for your life also. We have a belief statement here within our church, and it says this, that we exist to glorify God by facilitating learning, which is the scripture, and passion, which is the emotional side, which will lead to excellence, which is your practical side, and the way that you're living your life within our local church. I want to repeat that to you again. That we exist to glorify God by facilitating learning and passion, which leads to what? Excellence within our local church. Now, learning, keep that up there for me, Joe. Learning meaning the scriptures. It was funny, as I was going over this, and, and uh, it was about a year ago, I was sitting down with Brad, and we were, we were talking about our vision here for the church and what it is that we really want people to understand and do. And, and we, we kept thinking passion, passion, passion. But passion really is an outwardly emotion that's showing or expressing what you're inwardly feeling. And, and so, you know, we, we thought that is great, but... In order to get our in, inward feeling correctly, in order to get us lined up and, and getting the heart, because we know that the heart, James tells us that the heart is what? Very deceptive. It's extremely deceptive. And so we understand that the, the thing that needs to change first and foremost within our lives is our heart. That it becomes a heart issue. And so obviously to me it was like, well, what is the greatest thing that can change our heart? Jesus. And his scriptures. So it was very easy for me to go, well, in order for my emotions, in order for our passions to line up with God, we must have an understanding of who he is, what he's about, and what he has in store for your life. And there's no better resource than what? The word of God. And so we understand that learning must take place within our lives first and foremost scripturally so that why we are sound we have a good foundation that way when the passion part comes to play our emotions are lined up with God in a way that is appropriate and with God that is a way that it is in order so that why then we are living our life outwardly doing our best in an excellent spirit now God wants you to be real in a real vibrant relationship with him a real relationship with a personal God nothing better than that but to be real honest and bold let me ask you that question this question here how are you doing with that right now like how is that really working out for you within your life 
as I began to think about that question for my own self, I began to go, well, I mean, I'm the pastor, right? My life better be uh, so in line, because if not, everyone's going to judge me and, and think otherwise. And, and I, I began to think, but I said, you know, there's some things about me that, God, I don't like. There's some ways that I can act or react that doesn't line up with God's word. Watch this. There's conversations that you can get sucked right into. I heard one amen on that one. That's good. That does not line up with God's word. There are thoughts that can go through our minds that simply are not lining up with the will of God. So let me ask you that question again. When you thought you were high and mighty and everything was going good for you, how are you doing with God? How is that working out? Now, it's human nature that if you leave something the way that it was, it doesn't get any better, but quite frankly, it will only find itself to become worse. I'm going to share a principle with you, and that principle is this, entropy. Entropy is this, it's a gradual decline into a disorder. It's easy for us to celebrate victories and become lackadaisical over it and think, well, we've done enough that we don't need to do any more, but let me promise you this. If we get to the place as a church, and if you get to the place within your own spiritual walk with Christ, that if you think that everything is lining up just the way it is, and I don't need to do anything extra, you will what? You will fall into a gradual decline, which will simply place you into a disorder. For instance, if you leave your body alone, it will show the effects. Don't look at the person beside you. Some of you will get that later. Some of you are offended. That's okay. You'll be all right. If you don't work on your marriage, it's not going to get better. It's going to get what? Worse. The human nature is for us to say that I will wait until things get bad. And we take on this uh, uh, mindset. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, maybe if it's if it ain't broke, break it. Let's get it better. Now, there was this couple who had been... Now, don't judge me for this, okay? I think this is hilarious, and I'm going to say it. Thank you, that was a disclaimer. An asterisk, so to speak. There was this couple who had been married for 60 years. They had been faithful to each other, but the fire had gone out, and the romance just wasn't there any longer. I don't want to hear no amens. <laughs> the grandpa was sitting back on the couch watching TV with, and I love this, how they use that, the TV clicker. And for some reason, something had hit the grandma that day, and she was feeling just a little frisky. She kind of came into the room, sat down on the couch, Cuddled up to him and started nibbling on his neck. See, a disclaimer. And he just got up and he left the room. She was puzzled. He said, honey, did I offend you or make you feel uncomfortable in any way? And he said, Lord, no, I just went to go and get my teeth. <laughs> all right. I thought that was funny, all right? And gross. 
I had visions. I remember going into my grandparents' uh, bathroom sometimes, and, and there'd be a jar on the side. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? And some of you all have that. I'm sorry. Don't, make, don't, don't be mad at me. It's, just, it's nature. And there, there their teeth would be, you know. I remember one time my grandfather was talking, and they popped right out, you know. I was like, whoa, whoa. Listen, here's what I want you to know. I've done ruin this entire message, right? God has vision for your life. And it's real easy for us to grab onto it and go after it for a little while. But sometimes it's also easy for us to become lazy and allow entropy to settle in, which is a gradual decline, which is going to end up bringing simply a disorder. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 18, he says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. How about that? I mean, he's saying, look, I have, this is continual prayer. The Apostle Paul in that moment is saying, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in what? My prayers. In other words, I didn't just ask one time. He goes, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, I think we overlook those terms sometimes when the Bible is really describing God. Paul right there is calling him what? He is glorious. He says, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. What I want you to see is how important it is for God, for you to know God and why is what he's saying. So he goes on to say, so that what? You may know him better. Now, most of us here today, we know him. Keep that up. But we know him, but we need to know him better. In other words, we don't need to just be satisfied with how much we know God, but we need to have a hunger and a thirst about us that says, Lord, I want to know you more. Like, you have written me a love letter and I want to be a part of that love letter every day through his scriptures. I want to get engulfed within the pages of this love letter that Jesus Christ, that God the Father, that the Holy Spirit has breathed, has implemented, has placed into my life so that when I am reading it, I become changed. I become different. I grow within my relationship with you, Lord. That these words are not just black and white print or every now and then some red print, right? But these words are life that has been breathed into me. That these words are active. And it's making change every day for me. Understanding that there is more to God than what you have already learned or that what you have already experienced. But that we are to know God in a greater way. Now, he goes on to say, I pray the eyes of what? Your heart may be enlightened. Understanding that the heart is what? Very deceptive. We know that. Paul is saying here that we are not looking through our eyes, but we are looking through our heart. And if you are looking through your heart and it is in a deceptive manner, then you are not looking appropriately at the things of this world. You're not looking appropriately with the correct vision. But you're looking at a vision, as Paul said, or I believe it was Paul says, that is what? It's darkly. A vision that is skewed. A vision that is blurred. Now, he goes on to say, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Understand, God has called you. Look at the person and say, you are called. You are a called individual. 
God had plans for your life even before you were existing. He had a vision for your life. Things for you to do that were going to be great and that are still going to be great. Paul saying, I won't stop asking for you. That you need to understand that you are called, you are called, and you are called. He goes on to say, the riches of his glorious inheritance is, or excuse me, in his holy people. Notice the last thing happens as a group of people. We get our inheritance, what? As a group of people. Psalm chapter 2 verse 8 reads, Ask me and I will make the nations your what? Inheritance. The ends of the earth. Your possession. What is your inheritance? All of those that we have fed on first Wednesdays. All of those that we give Thanksgiving meals to. All of those children that we have provided Christmases for and those families that we have provided Christmases for. All those children that we have helped through Operation Christmas Child. What is our inheritance? This is our inheritance. All of those that have, who, who have came and was a part of, watch this, our 20% growth in the last year overall as a church. How about this? What was our inheritance when we had the ability in one service, in one offering in the month of April, we gave over $11,000 to a mission effort? We have made a difference. That is part of that inheritance. An inheritance that allows us to minister at Accomack County Jail. An inheritance that allows us to be within the radio on 97.9 Bay Country. Where people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of those who have subscribed to our podcast and listened to it. What is our church? That is our church. That is vision. That is what God has called us to do. And we have to discover what our roles are. That we can continue to reach out, but we can't do these things if we are caught up. And this is what happens many times. To our problems, our situations, our hang-ups, our letdowns. Us falling short. And then we say, well, I can't do these things for God anymore because look at my life. Look how messed up I am. No, you need to continue. We must continue. This is our inheritance. How does it make you feel that you are making a difference in people's lives? It should make you feel amazing. But it's not about a feeling of what you feel. It's about all of those coming to the saving grace of who Jesus is. So, here's our checkup. If we need to know God, we must first ask ourselves, when, here we go, we must do this. We must keep a close watch on my spiritual temperature. As a Christ follower, this isn't a, a, a heaven or hell thing for us, because we've made a decision. But as a Christ follower, my spiritual life has a direct impact on the rest of my life. Know this. You are not an earthly being having a temporary earthly experience. But you are a spiritual being having a temporary earthly experience. Can I repeat that? I want you to understand that. You are not an earthly being having a temporary earthly experience. But you are a spiritual being having a temporary earthly experience. You are a spirit. And your spirit will live forever. That's part of you. And we must take care of that. 
Your earthly body will, what, return back to the dust. But we who are Christ's followers, we will receive our glorified bodies. Watch this. No bay windows and no sunroofs. Think about that for a second. No bay windows, no sunroofs. Some of you can't wait. I'm glad somebody got it, right? We must live with the lens that we are spiritual beings and that we need to take care of our spiritual life. Let's take a look. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. What? Serving the Lord. Why must we do this? Simply because of entropy. We cannot allow ourselves to get caught up and allow disorder to come into our lives. We cannot leave it alone because if we leave our spiritual man alone, our spiritual woman alone with inside of us, it will fail. Now last month, I was fired up all about Jesus, right? Here's our thought. But right now, pastor, I'm struggling. Of course you are. Take courage in your struggle, though. But what we must do is get up tomorrow. Do this. Watch this. Get up. And get into our word. Allowing the word of God not to be something that we waver. I say this many times. If you are part of a reading Bible plan right now, great. Keep it up. If you've fallen short, that's okay. Pick it back up again. If you've not been a part of one, get in one. We can help you. How else do I help myself during that struggle when, when I'm not just feeling it. How about this? Prayer. I cannot tell you how many times within my life where I have felt seasons of lack, seasons of disobedience, where I have felt seasons of just, I am wore out. I am tired. I am struggling. Watch, I am angered. I am frustrated. I am every emotion that can be negative that you can think about. But I'll tell you what, there's never been a time where I've not got on my knees before the Lord and began to cry out to him and pour my life out to him that by the time I got back up, my perspective, my attitude, my thoughts, my ambitions began to change. We must become disciplined in these areas. I love that we as a church, we take part of something that is absolutely fabulous. At least I believe it's fabulous. And that is a 21-day fast. We do that at the beginning of every year. And I have heard so many stories from so many of you how God has worked and moved within your marriage or your families or a work situation or just your own spiritual well-being. Let me help you out. Start preparing on that because it, the first of the year is coming before you know it. It's going to be a great season for us as a church. I get that things have been busy for your life. We all have busy lives. It was funny, last weekend... I had so many things going on. I told Andrew, I said, I can't wait for next weekend. Where things are going to slow up. <laughs> wow, did I miss that one? And so I told her today, I said, I can't. No, I'm not even going to jinx anything right now, you know. I'm walking away from that one. Revelation chapter 2. Let's take a look at that. Verses 2 through 5 says this. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. In other words, he's saying, you know what? God is happy with you right here. He's He's happy. He says, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. In other words, 
your doctrine is sound. Like you're doing the right things. Are you following me here? Now, are you following God rather? Verse 3. You have persevered and you have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet, don't you hate when that yet or that but comes right into the scripture? Like, thank you for praising me. That, oh, but here we go. Yet, he goes, I hold this argument against you. You have what? You have forsaken your first love or the love you had at first. You know, what I want you to understand, don't allow the devil to bring condemnation in. Condemnation is of him and he's trying to pull you away from God. Allow conviction. Because conviction comes in and it takes us and drives us to God. We need to live a convicted life again. Our society, our culture must live a life of conviction and not condemnation. All condemnation is going to do is push people away from God. But conviction will bring us closer to him. He says this, verse 5. Consider how far you have fallen. And I love this, this next word. What did he say? Repent. In other words, let's turn this thing around. And do the things you did at first. I remember when I first became saved and, and was a follower of Christ. And uh, I remember that, that those times, and, and I would be in a worship service, and I was so on fire, I was like, man, you can't, you, you just can't quench this fire. You know what I'm talking about, right? And uh, I would stand there in a worship service, and I would close my eyes. I had to because, look, I, there's a reason why I sit up front. If I sat back there, I'd, I'm looking at everybody. You know, my attention's going everywhere. And I would close my eyes, and I would just picture, I would do the best I could to picture Christ. I would do the best I could to picture Christ so that my attention was solely upon him. And I remember going through a season and a struggle and I heard a message that was brought about this scripture. And it said, do the things that you used to do. Do the things that you did at first. And so there, I remember going through a season and, and hearing that and I, was, I went, you know what? I remember what I did. When I didn't feel like praising God, when I wasn't feeling it spiritually, when I wasn't growing or I didn't think I was growing and I was struggling, I would get into a service and I would just kind of be like, I'm going through the motions. But then when I heard that, and I knew inside of me, I was like, oh, this is so wrong. I don't even need to be here. You know what that is? That is condemnation. That is the devil trying to get in and creep in within my life to pull me away from God. But then when I heard that scripture, it said, I need to do the things I used to do. And I remember getting in a setting like we are now, and I would just begin to close my eyes again. And there's times where I still do it, where I close my eyes again, and I'll have that reverent moment, and I'm thinking, Jesus, all that you did for me on that cross, the pain, the embarrassment, all the emotion that must flooded him, but yet he was thinking of me. The Bible says, let's go back after those things that we did at first. The next thing we need to do, make time for authentic relationships with other believers. Here we go, Pastor. Better together. That's what you're going to say. Absolutely. We are better together than we are apart. 
As the body of believers, we must be together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how we may what? Spur one another on. Have you ever been a coach? Have you ever coached your kid? Man, I got a story for you. Yesterday, I was coaching. I coach football. I don't know much about it. I love watching it, but I'm not a coach of football. Baseball, I'm a coach of, right? And so I'm, a, I'm coaching football. And, quarter, and, and, and Carter, uh, my son, the eight-year-old, he's, he's struggling. He's having a bad game. Bad game, right, in the, in the beginning of it. And uh, I remember, I was like, what are you doing? Are you serious? Can you not hold on to that ball? You know? And he's just looking at me like. Yeah, that's it. I went, shut up, Kevin. Jeez. I am not spurring him on. I am helping with defeats. You know, and I looked, I said, what do we need to do? What do we need? You know, and we got into the, and, and, and he ended up turning his game completely around. It was great. But, but we, the Bible tells us that we have a responsibility. We are to do something, and that is what? Spur one another on, what? Toward love and good deeds. It goes on to say, not giving up on meeting together. Not giving up. Don't give up. Even when the pastor makes a choice that you don't agree with. Don't give up. Even when somebody sat in your seat on a Sunday and you got offended, don't give up. Get over it. Even if I come unmatched, don't give up. Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. Where was I? I forgot where I was at. Where, where was I? Not giving up. Meeting together. Uh, some are in the habit of doing. But doing this, what? Encouraging one another. Encouraging one another. Let, and all the more as you see the day approaching. All right. Listen, many of you, you have relationships. And, and, and many of your relationship interaction is virtual. Let me help you out. That's called social media. Social media is not a relationship. It's not a relationship. Person to person is relationship. Nothing can take the place of having somebody's personal time. All right, here we go. Next thing we need to do. See myself the way God sees me. Like, you have an identity that you need to connect with, and that's simply God's picture of you. Let's take a look. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 6 says this. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, because that's an incorrect view, right? But rather think of yourself with a sober judgment. That means within the right mind. In accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the other. So in other words, if we're not aligned correctly, then we are simply dysfunctional. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is to prophesy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So how can we as a church help you with that? How can we help you? I'm glad you asked me that. Beginning in, in, in 2020, 
we are bringing to this church growth track. And it is something that's going to enable us to help you grow spiritually in a sense of understanding where your strengths and weaknesses are within your life and helping cast vision into your life into what you can get involved in and to how you can make a difference within this body so that we can go outside of these doors and make a difference within our community. Now, the last thing we're looking at is this. We need to live for heaven and not earth. When we stop making a difference, it's because we have gotten so overwhelmed with the things of this earth instead of the things of heaven. You know, we live a good life, but there are places far more worse than we are. Watch what Paul says. Philippians chapter 3, starting verse 18 through 20, he says, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. In other words, he's like, I have told you time and time again. And now emotionally, it's really coming out in him, okay? That there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. How, how is your conduct going? They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. In other words, it's okay to have pleasures, but it's not okay to allow those pleasures to fall in love with and take place of God. They brag about shameful things. They think only about this life here on earth. But know this, I love this, verse 20, but we are what? Citizens of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. In other words, what? We are all going to stand before God. He's going to ask us, why should I let you into heaven? Let me help you out. There's one answer. Jesus. Jesus. But then there's another judgment. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 13. The day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. This is the work's judgment. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. I'm glad as a Christ follower, and for you as Christ followers, who are Christ followers, let me, let me make that very clear. That our ending destination will be heaven. Will be in, in, in the presence of our heavenly father. Can you just imagine how incredible that must be? We all have friends and family who have passed before us. Who are there as Christ followers and the emotion side should just be overwhelming of how majestic, how marvelous that moment must have been. But watch this. We're, we're citizens of heaven, not of this earth. And there's going to come a day when us as Christ followers will have the exact same thing. But I don't know about you, but I like to be rewarded. When you do a good job, what? You want to be appreciated, don't you? You want to be rewarded for what you've done. And I want Jesus to look at you and be like, man, 
Thank you for all that you did. Thank you for working a cafe. Thank you for parking cars. Thank you for spreading Jesus. Thank, th- thank you for witnessing to the person at work and not blowing up at them and having the correct attitude. Thank you for not complaining by going the extra mile to do something nice for someone. Thank you for showing my love to people. Thank you for sharing the message of the cross. Thank you for living the life and being the living example to others. Thank you for doing all of this. Because you've done this, here's what I'm going to give you. Here's a reward. Here's a reward. And here's a reward. I want you to stand with me this morning. I love the things of this life. I love my family. I love this church. I love all my relationships, my friendships. I love all of that. But guess what? I love God more. I love Jesus more. I love the work and the move of the Holy Spirit more. My prayer today is that you take on that same thought process. And so taking and, and, and taking a look at your temperature and taking a spiritual inventory of where you are, how's it going? How's it been? Maybe today you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've not made a commitment. Your spiritual inventory would be, well, there is none. There's nothing to compare it to. There's nothing to to gauge it again. Because I'm not, I've not lived that life. And I'm not living that life. So I want to ask this question every about every I close this morning. I, I quote the scripture all the time. I think about it just about every day of my life. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. I like to kind of go this way for me and make it personal. For God so loved Kevin that he gave his only begotten son so that if Kevin believes in me, he will not perish, but that he will have everlasting life. A message that is promised to all humanity, that is freely given to everyone, but has been rejected by so many. And those who have rejected, I guarantee, if they had the opportunity, they would say, don't let another moment go by without accepting that man, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask this question one time this morning, and that is this. If you want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life and you want to make that choice today, I just want you to slip up your hand. Is there anybody here today? I see that hand. I see that hand. Excellent. I see that hand. More importantly, God sees it. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this prayer together as a church, enthusiastically. Lord Jesus, today, I commit my life to you. From this day forward, I will live for you. I accept you, Lord, as my Savior. Protect me, lead me, and guide me in all of your ways. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? There is nothing greater than that moment right there. If you never receive anything at all for the rest of your life, know this.
You've received everything you ever need through Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, I'm going to ask you this here. Everybody's going to be looking around too, and we're going to judge you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But if you could say, Pastor, you know what? My inventory might be a little shaky. Or, you know what? Things are good, but I want it to be better. I want to be better in this Christian walk. I want to be more intimate with God, more intimate with the Spirit. I want to allow Him to lead me more in more ways than I've ever done before. I want to do things more. Maybe I'm going through entropy and, and things have slid into a disorder. And Lord, I need order again. If that is you in this place, let's slip up your hand. That's me. I got mine up. I'm going to pray this prayer over us as a church. Father, you see every person in here. God, and you see our shortcomings. You see, Lord, where we have failed, where we have messed up, where we are lacking. And today, God, we come before you and we ask, Lord, for strength, for boldness, for courage, God. Lord, that we would go back, as your scripture says, and do the things that we first did. The things that put us, God, in a place where we felt much better. <laughs> and, and, and our spiritual inventory looked much better when it came to serving you. But God, we, we, we don't want to be led in condemnation. We come against that right now. We don't want to be pushed away further from you, but God, we want to be drawn to you through the power of conviction. And so God, as your word says, James says, allow your word to be as a mirror that reflects our soul. What are the changes that need to happen? And help us to make those changes from this day forward. And God, you will get all the credit and you will give all the honor because Lord, it is not about my own well-being or our own habits and our own uh, ways of doing things and our own efforts. But God, it is strictly about you, you moving. God, we're just saying we're willing. We're willing today, God. Use us. Move in our lives. Move in our church. Lord, I can't wait to see all that you have in store for us as we move forward as a body of Christ. You have got great things. So God, ultimately this morning, Lord, we say we love you. And we praise you and we worship your holy name. So Father, as we leave this place today, we proclaim this statement. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you. Have a great day.